1: Hello listeners and welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. If you are still subscribed to this podcast, thank you. It's been a really long time since our last season. I think about like seven months. I am so sorry. I had to move my entire life across the country and then um, fund it all and it, it was it's it's hard it was harder than I thought man and I had to change my podcast platform and all I want to do is listen to ghost stories and I hope that you do too and um if you are still subscribed and you're listening or you found this podcast there's been a really long break and please tell your friends and your family and your enemies and everyone you know that the podcast is back because I fear I may have lost some listeners uh while I was you know trying to stay alive here. Um, My name is Emily Winter. I'm a writer uh, and comedian in Los Angeles now, and I love ghost stuff and ghost stories. And what I do is seek out ghost stories from creative people um, because that is my network. If you are a creative person listening to this who has a real ghost story that you want to tell, uh, reach out to me. Um, My email is emcwinter at gmail uh, My website's emilywintercomedy.com, and that's where you can find me. Um, And one more silly plug, because it's the beginning of the school year before we get into the ghost stories. I am so sorry. Uh, I have a trivia book. It is called One Day Smarter. It is uplifting. It is light. It's a little funny. Uh, There is a chapter called Morbid Facts for Know-It-All Goths in the book. It came out in October. The facts are still very relevant, um, and the beginning of the school year is a great time to buy it because we are all thinking bookish thoughts again. So anyway, grab a copy. It will make me very happy. It is the best thing you can do to support this podcast is buy my book. I know, I know, but I do this podcast by myself. When the book numbers rise, that means I can uh I can write another book and I want to write another book. I would love that. Okay enough about me so sorry for the long delay thank you so so much for continuing to listen I really appreciate you um and I am so excited for this season because I've recorded a bunch of podcasts and I am kicking it off with quite a doozy that I absolutely love so anyway I don't even remember how to intro podcast here we go comedians with ghost stories is happening again super excited to have writer, comedian, storyteller, Eileen Kelly. Eileen, thank you so much for doing the pod.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I am so excited because you have, you were just filling me in a little bit before we started the pod on what is going, what's happening in this podcast today. And it is a lot. So where do we even begin with you? Because I'm I'm wondering if we should start with what happened when you were 15 to just lead it into your first story.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so when I was 15, uh, I, I always had really bad asthma, um, since I was born. And, um, when I was 15, I had a really bad asthma attack and my dad and I were in a car. Uh, we were lost. My dad was always getting lost and it was foggy. And, um, anyway, long story short, um, I had this attack for a long time, which ended up collapsing my left lung, and then um, I eventually died, and um, they resuscitated me at the hospital, and I was on a ventilator for two and a half weeks, but um, but yeah, I died for a little while, so.
1: Oh my gosh, so with that, I'm so sorry that you died, so glad you're here. Knowing that you have already sort of crossed in may make sense for your at your amazing stories that happened to you in your life. And I will let you take it away um, with your first, yeah, with your first story.
0: Yeah. So, um, so cut two years later, I am at a, um, I'm, I'm an adult, I'm a mom. And I, I go to this um, homeopathic doctor who is also an MD twice over. And um so she's really smart she's not flaky she she was uh an endocrinologist and an OBGYN, but then she got into homeopathy like for personal reasons and so i went to go see her and i'm sitting in her office and i'm expecting her to tell me like how to change my diet or what remedy she's going to give me or what vitamins i need and um behind me there's this sconce on her wall and this light and it keeps flicking on and off on and off and um, she said, uh, "Your mom is here." And my mom had had died um, about eight and a half years before that, so that was really weird. And yeah. uh, like she had no way of knowing that my mom wasn't alive. And um, I, it's not like I went to a medium, you know. It's and not what you came there and, for. Yeah. yeah, not at all. And so it really kind of freaked me out, not because I didn't believe that that was possible, but it, I, I, it made me a little upset. You know what I mean? Like I just wasn't emotionally like braced for that. Right. And, um, so I was like, what do you mean? And she said that that's your mom, like turning the light on and off. She wants me to tell you, um, you know, some things. And she's like talking to me about what my mom is saying. And I'm kind of like, having a hard time processing it and she says do you ever she goes you know you can hear her too if you just like tune in and she's like I can feel that you have the same gift and I'm kind of like "Hmm." and uh
1: so when you're like sorry when your mom was talking to her was it about regarding your health which is why you went to see her in the first place yeah yep like yeah. what to do or something
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I have to take better care of myself and like all this stuff. And so, um, so I was like, well, how do you hear her? And she goes, it's kind of like, um, she goes, you just have to like, open yourself up more. She said, for me, it's, it's almost like an old radio that you turn the dial and it's static until it comes in. Okay. And, um, so I was like, okay and she goes but have you ever used a pendulum i was like no so she pulls out this pendulum which is kind of like a necklace with only one side of a chain and um hers was like had a little wooden um pendant on the bottom of it
1: and it looks like um like a like almost like a dagger with like a soft edge right like yeah, to, yeah.
0: like or a, or a skinny acorn or something yeah I like a skinny. Okay. Was, yeah so she hands it to me and I hold it and it starts like whipping around really um, enthusiastically. You know, it starts spinning in circles and I'm just holding my hand still. Like I know I'm not moving my hand, So I'm just like, Whoa. And she said, I've never seen it do that for anybody. And um, so she's like, you know, I don't know if you're interested, but like, you should, you should get one and like explore this, you know? So she gives me a list of all this stuff to get from the health food store. And um, I go to this health food store and I'm buying like, I don't know, bone broth and like teas and like fennel and all this. They have like produce and vitamins and herbs. And I'm getting all this, you know, it's like 20 different things that she told me I needed to get. So I'm getting them on. I go to the counter and it's not like a metaphysical store or anything, but I get to the counter and then just randomly, there's these three pendulums hanging from this little display at the counter. And I'm like, it's "Crazy! this is so weird. So I just buy one and I go home and I kind of Google it and I start using it and it immediately has the same reaction that it did in her office. Like it's whipping around. And um, she did tell me that you need to say a prayer before you use it to ha- protect your pendulum and only work in the light,
1: okay. which I
0: did and I always do.
1: What kind of um, prayer, just uh, out of curiosity? Like, is this you know, like a- say
0: It's not a formal prayer, but I just say like, you know, oh, please watch over my pendulum. Please let me work only in the light please let me only speak to the people that I want to speak to because okay. I also I added that because I have had other people come through that I, um, not that were bad people, but just desperate. And I got really drained, like trying to help them and like, you know, I had one girl that had been murdered who came through when I was trying to talk to my, my sister who also passed away. That was really tough. Like, I called the FBI. I sounded like a kook. I'm like, I'm just like a mom and a comedian. Like, I don't, I have nothing to gain by calling you. Right. Here's what I'm told. And like, here's her name and she lives in Indiana and I think she must be missing. And like, it was terrible. Like I I I couldn't sleep. I felt so bad about this woman and how I wasn't like bringing her killer to justice. She showed me his picture online. Like he was in a, he was in a, he ran a youth group at a church. Like (gasps) it was really disturbing. Holy cow! And like, I'm no, I'm, I know. I'm not like, you know, it's not like I'm a cop. Like, what can I do about it? I'm just like a person in New Jersey who's like getting this information. And I'm just like, I'm not crazy. Like I called the town where she was from. And like, I, I mean, I don't think anybody ever like the the cop um, in the town like basically laughed at me on the phone and then i just wrote this letter to the fbi and i was like look i have nothing to gain from this like look me up online i'm not crazy like i'm a a normal person
1: right but i don't
0: know anything ever happened i finally had to just let it go and it was so upsetting that i then i started saying please only let me speak to the people that i'm asking to speak to because oh my
1: gosh this is is like such a tangential story that is bigger than most stories (laughs) that I hear like so like you branches. yes so (laughs) when you are as you were trying to speak to like deceased family members or you are you are communicated to by a woman whose name you now know and Mm -hmm. whose killer's name you now know
0: you know what was really freaky is she spelled out this is when I learned how to um because all I can do with the pendulum is get a yes or no answer. Okay. Right. Like I can't be like, I can't ask like an open question because I'm not hearing it. Right. I know I've been told by more than one like psychic that if I just opened myself more, I could hear it, but I'm kind of afraid to like, I, there's something in me that I just don't want to. Yeah. I like having it be limited. And so but that makes me, I, I do hear it sometimes. Like the more I do it, the more I see and hear things. Like I'll do it for friends. Like I my, my friend's mom, who's also a comic, passed away. And she was really um, missing her a few months ago. She had been gone a little over a year. And she asked me to talk to her. And I did. And I said, and her dad had passed away when she was really young. Her dad had passed away when she was nine and her parents were really, really in love and her mom remarried, but her dad was really that her mom's like love. And she was so sad and kind of angry at her mom for like leaving her and her kids, like her mom is her best friend. And I said, um, your mom is so happy. She's so happy to be with your dad. And I see them, they're looking at me and they're smiling and they're waving and they're driving away in a red convertible Cadillac with the top down, and it's a white top and white seats. And she said, Oh, my God, that's the car that my dad picked her up in for their first date.
1: <gasps> oh,
0: yeah. so, oh my gosh, it's crazy, the stuff that you know, but I kind of like, I'll do that for like, really close friends. But otherwise, it's it's like, really, it takes a lot out of me. Like, I, I get really invested and really emotional. And like, by the end of it, I'm like a dish rag, you know. So does it
1: feel physically exhausting as well?
0: Yeah. And when I use the pendulum, just like when people say, like, um, if there's like a ghost, a spirit in their house, right? They'll feel like a draft or like a cold, right? Yeah. A cold breeze. When I use the pendulum, the cold creeps up my fingers, up my arm. Oh
1: my god. You know, and I
0: try and I kind of have to cut like stop people, like if they like I had a friend who wanted to talk to his grandmother. And when it got like to my bicep, I'm like, I have to stop you here because I've gone past that. And then like, I'm drained for days.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, oh. people who really know what they're doing, know how to like protect themselves from that. But like, I, I don't. So it just like, it, it just saps my energy. You know? Right.
1: Oh, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's like, I can't imagine uh holy crap okay I'm sorry I got us so off track here but like now I kind of like want to avenge this girl's murder um oh my God. Was which obsessed. is not even the story that we- <laughs> yeah. and so,
0: oh so to this, I know and believe me it took me like I sat down to like ask my my sister who had who had died a few years before that to ask her a question like one question yeah, And then I was going to get on with my day. Right. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to this young woman and I am with her, like, until I have to pick up my kids from school, I am talking to this woman and she's trying to talk to me. And I, and at that point, I really couldn't do anything besides yes and no. And I'm like, can you tell me your name? And she's saying yes. And I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? So I wrote which is, I guess, why Ouija boards exist, right? Which I had never used, but like, I wrote the alphabet down on a piece of paper, and I just yeah. went through each letter, like painstakingly went through every letter until she said yes to the letter.
1: Oh and, my
0: gosh! Um, so spell out her name, and you know, it could have been a jumble of letters, right? But right. it was—it wasn't. It was a name. And then,
1: can you tell me your name? I just really want to
0: know. Catherine, <laughs> Catherine Abbott. I'll never forget it oh my god so she so then she starts spelling out I'm like um she starts spelling out um this jumble of of like not jumble but almost like an um not an anagram but like scuba like what's that called like
1: oh um yeah yeah
0: uh, stand Um. for another word
1: Right, right. Oh my gosh. Something gram,
0: right?
1: Like yeah, I'm very embarrassed that I cannot think of what that is called. When I was they, an English
0: and I can't think of it. <laughs> um,
1: a little note here from me after the fact. We're talking about acronyms. How embarrassing! We couldn't get it together. Okay, back to the story.
0: Anyway, like scuba, right? It stands for like self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Like it's something like she's spelling it out, but I'm like, that's not a word. Mm -hmm. And she keeps saying yes, 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 yes. And she's insisting, right? And that I don't remember because it was like a bunch of letters that didn't make any sense, but you could like say them, right? It was Mm -hmm. like Bruna or something like that. Yeah. So finally I, I like ask her and ask her and she keeps saying yes. And I'm thinking like, did I write it wrong? Like this doesn't mean anything. And then I Googled it and up pops this Christian organization. Oh no. And then I'm scrolling through the website of this Christian organization, and the pendulum starts going, 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 going. And there's a group photo. And I then and then that was really the first time I feel like I got a feeling beyond just a yes and no. And I said, Is there somebody on this website that you're trying to point me to? And she said, yes. And I said, is it the person who killed you? And she said, yes. And there was a group photo and all their names were underneath it, like from left to right, blah, 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 blah. And so I went through and I was pointing at each one and I would just hold the pendulum and point. And it was just going, no, 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 yes. And I got to this guy and he was like the youth minister and she said that was him. Well what's he
1: doing? He's just out
0: there. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. know. This is years ago now. Oh my God. I became absolutely obsessed. I was sick over it. Like I was like, I was like, I have three kids, including a baby. Like, do I need to drive to the Midwest and track this guy down myself? Like I do.
1: I'm going to be in Indiana in a couple of weeks. Like, let me to just like go over <laughs> the quest. Should we just make
0: it a quest for justice?
1: Oh my gosh. I, I mean, that's right about. Um, okay. Wow. This is crazy. Can you tell me what town in Indiana Just so, Or like what park do you remember?
0: Because I'm if like, am I going to be
1: there literally?
0: <laughs> no. no, I don't remember I worked so hard to forget it. Really? Like I, I I had to like scrub it from my search history. I like, I, I I was just like, I mean, I had left messages. I found her on Facebook. Like I, I mean, I went down a rabbit hole to end all rabbit holes. So
1: you found you, yeah, you found her and like, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. And I was like, is this you? And she said, yes. Like on the, you know, with the pendulum. And I was like,
1: this is insane oh my
0: gosh and you really realize how as just a person you're so powerless like
1: do you go up against these systems
0: yeah like if 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 the powers that be don't want to listen to you there's nothing you can do
1: right right like if it were a movie like yeah
0: like it would be like a car and like You know,
1: there would be like one like young FBI agent who's like, I believe her. And then like, but like in real life, it's just like all bureaucracy and like being on hold. And like, does my email ever
0: get to anybody? Who knows? Was it deleted? Like, were people, did people laugh at it and delete, you know, like, I don't know. Did someone try to pursue it? Maybe they did pursue it and caught him. Like, I have no idea. I was obsessed with like Googling it constantly. Yeah. And Mm. I, you know, did they dredge this lake? Did they whatever? Because, like, like, you know, like all these things that she told me. And then I finally was like, I got to get back to oh, my life, to your like, life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't be a person and have three kids and all this stuff. And then also just like randomly take on somebody else's murder. Money. Uh, right. Although I have no kids, Catherine. If you want to come here, I have some <laughs> extra time on my hands uh anyway i don't own a pendulum but that's because i have no powers and that's why i am obsessed with doing this podcast where i get to talk (laughs) to people that are so much more in tune than me okay so anyway so you get your pendulum at the health food store i do uh, i I talk
0: to new jersey yeah and in in montclair new jersey yeah so um yeah so i get my pendulum so now cut to um years later and my family moves for a brief um time for a brief unpleasant time to southern ohio and um it's very volatile time it's leading up to the 2016 election um and anyway we move into this house that is this mcmansion right because when you live on the east coast and then you move to southern ohio you're like Everything's on sale. Yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> oh my god! What? How much does a house cost? <laughs> so we moved to this McMansion, and we were like the Beverly Hillbillies, you know. And um, uh, and I didn't really get a bad feeling when I went to see it. I was mostly concerned about finding a place. Like out there, there's so much space, mm-hmm. and my kids were used to houses right next to each other and kids playing in the street right and so i tried to find a place like that and this one neighborhood the houses were very close together but big and um behind the houses there are these man-made canals Mm -hmm. it's really weird it looks like a hollywood set there are these man-made canals and you can like have a rowboat or a canoe or whatever and i thought my kids were so sad about leaving new jersey that i was like well, this is cool. Like, this is something weird and cool that they could, like, be psyched about, right? So I was more sort of enamored with that. And I didn't really tune into the house, which is unlike me. Like, I usually, mm-hmm. before that, like, when we would, because we moved a bunch of times and looked at lots of houses. And I, if I got a bad feeling, I was like, nope, and, like, would turn around and leave. And I didn't really feel that way here, but I think it was because I was just so desperate to find something kind of cool and unusual for my kids. Yeah. So we move in, unbeknownst to us until weeks later, um, the day before we moved in, the police tape was taken down on the house, two houses down from us. Um, The guy there had put a gun in his mouth and killed himself.
1: Oh my
0: gosh. And the wife found him and she never went back to the house so the whole time we were living there it was just like overgrown and dark and um nobody ever yeah nobody ever set foot in the yard of the house so um and that was just like and when i did find out about it it was just like oh my god that's so sad so tragic you know like i wasn't creeped out so much as just like what a what a what a tragedy like just so sad you know so Shortly after we moved in, I started getting a really bad feeling in the house, like a real heavy, dark feeling. Mm -hmm. And um, the house was like really ostentatious and I redo houses, you know, so that was my first order of business. Like I had already lined up contractors and I was already like day one, like, take down everything. We're going to start painting, whatever.
1: Is that one of your many professions? Is that, that you redo houses?
0: I do. It's not so much. A, I mean, I have done it a few times for people, but I, I really have just like, since I've been in my twenties, like my husband and I will buy a house, we'll redo it. And usually it's more life that makes us move, uh-huh. but we end up like flipping the house we lived in all the time. Like I move in, I always buy like the worst house on the block. And then fix it up and then sell it at a profit. Like that's um, just.
1: It's just like, so funny because I'm seeing you and I'm like, I'm admiring your house and have since we got. I, had, well, that's so that's what I did with this house. It's I just beautiful. It. <laughs> Thank,
0: you. Thank you. So, um, so the contractor takes down these curtains um, and they have, they're, they're, they're ugly, but they're expensive curtains. Like they have mm-hmm. this like muslin backing and they're like very heavy drapes. And I look at them, I see these streaks, these like dark brown, reddish streaks, right? And I like bend down to look at them because they're on the floor. And there's blood streaked down (gasps) the back of these curtains, just streaks of blood. And I'm bending down, looking at it, and the contractor goes, yeah, it's really creepy, right? And I was like, what the hell? Now I know that the family that lived there before had a teenage girl that seemed like pretty dark you know mm-hmm. like her the, like the stuff that was on her walls and stuff she seemed kind of i don't know emo or like whatever you know yeah. goth kind of and then this is when we first went to see the house i also noticed that the older son he was looked to be about 20.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He dashed from one room to another. I never got a look at him. It was weird. Like they knew we were coming and they didn't leave the house. They would just like move from one room to another and not acknowledge us and-
1: Instead of just being like, hi.
0: It was so strange, right? So this guy dashes from, there's like an upstairs family room and then his room was across the hallway. And as we're walking up the stairs, he dashes from the upstairs family room into his bedroom. And as he's running, I don't see him, but because I'm coming up the stairs, my eyes are even with the floor because it's like a mm-hmm. catwalk going across the hallway, so you can mm-hmm. see, you know. And I see an an ankle bracelet, like oh, a home home arrest, house arrest. Yes, yes, ankle yes, yes, yes. On his foot, and I was like, "What is that?" So okay, so now we move in. I feel this darkness. I, I haven't quite found out yet that the guy killed himself two doors down, but
1: where were these curtains streaked with blood?
0: they had been in that upstairs family room that this kid dashed from. Okay, okay. I didn't see them until they were taken down and were like down in front of the front door to be like brought out to the garbage. right? Right, okay. So what I surmise when I look at the blood, right? When I like really open up the drapes and look at the pattern of the blood is it looks like somebody was cutting themselves and wiping the blood on the drapes okay like going from as tall as they could be down to the bottom and wiping the blood on the drapes
1: that's so sad yeah
0: super sad right but again like just sad not right. like like i at first i'm like what the hell but then when i looked at it i was like oh man like some one of these kids is having some trouble you know right. like i just felt really sympathetic and um But there's this bad feeling, right? And my husband leaves the next, like we move in on Sunday, Monday, he leaves for Europe and I'm surrounded by boxes and I have three kids and two 12 year olds and a four and a half year old. And so now I'm just unpacking and it's summer and they're, I'm trying to keep them busy and unpack stuff. And, and um, they, they're just getting, like, they don't want to sleep in their rooms that night. They, and I'm like, well, it's a new house, whatever. I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they sleep with me. Um, then my husband comes back. Then they want to sleep on the floor in sleeping bags. They don't want to be in their rooms. And then like, as I'm there longer, um, doors start slamming. Like I'm downstairs and I hear a door slam upstairs and I yell up because I, I think the kids are outside. Mm-hmm. And, but then I'm just like yelling my kids' names, thinking, oh, somebody's in the house. And then I look in the backyard and all three kids are in the backyard. Okay. And there was this gas fireplace in the kitchen, like a decorative fireplace. And in order to turn it on, you had to flip a, a wall switch and then use a remote control. Mm-hmm. So it's was, it was like a two-part process to turn on this um, gas fireplace. And I'm in bed one night, and the kids are asleep around me. And all of a sudden, I hear whoosh, like the fireplace lit. Right? Oh my gosh! Oh, I don't my know gosh. that sound of like a gas ignition, right? Like yes. it's unmistakable. Yes. But I'm like, that couldn't be though, because like you have to flip a switch and then use a, a remote control, right? So I go downstairs by myself to the kitchen and there's the fireplace blazing (gasps) okay so stuff like this keeps happening um I tell my husband I I am not liking it here I, I you know it's not feeling good he's feeling really unsupported he's in a new job he's saying that I'm being negative and I'm not giving it a chance and blah 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 so he are comes your kids home,
1: and your kids are also feeling this way, too. Right? Well,
0: I'm not I'm not. I didn't tell them about the door slamming yes. the fireplace because I don't want them to be freaked out. Right. So I'm trying to shield them from everything. And when they say I have the creeps, I don't go. You're crazy. I just go, OK, come over here and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't say like, I know this house is super creepy. So um, so my husband um comes home now from another trip and I'm just in a dark place. It's the only way I can describe it. Like I'm not myself. I am in a bad mood, but it's not just like a normal bad mood. And there was a pool in our community, like in our neighborhood. And he's like, you know, let's go to the pool. And I said, I don't want to, I'm just gonna stay here and, and unpack more boxes in my closet, right? And I'm and I like, I'm someone who gets up and gets dressed and gets moving. You know what I mean? And, and it's like 11 noon, maybe, and I'm still in my pajamas, which is mm-hmm. not like me at all. And um, I go into my closet and I sit down on a bench in there. And this voice clear as a bell says to me, you should put a gun in your mouth and blow your head off. They would be so much better off
1: oh my god what kind
0: of voice is this it wasn't like a demonic voice it wasn't like the voice itself was scary it was like a reasonable voice it wasn't like some kind of a like kind of voice right 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 which i think made it worse because i listened like i wasn't like holy shit like i was like entertaining it for a second which like i've never held a gun i've never had a gun i will never have a gun like if god forbid god forbid god forbid i was ever in that state of mind for real there's the last way that i would do it you know mm-hmm, what i mean it would mm-hmm. never even be in my realm of like in the realm of possibilities for me
1: was it a man's voice no. or like could you tell the gender was it like it was like a human voice but it was like nondescript
0: nondescript and and gender indif, like I couldn't really tell, but it was calm and like reasonable. And for a second, I thought, you're right. And all of a sudden I heard there were like alarms on the doors and windows and stuff. And so when you opened a door, it would go ding, ding, like a little faint thing. And I heard the front door go ding, ding. And I immediately jumped up and I felt like This deep shame. Mm -hmm. And I ran out into the hall because I was just like freaked out. And my 12 year old son came running up the stairs and he just looked at me and I looked at him and we just hugged and we just started sobbing. (gasps) And like we didn't even talk about it. Like he goes, please come to the pool. And I said, I will, I'm coming right now. And I like threw my suit on and went back with him and like it was so dark and terrible that like neither one of us could even talk about it
1: did you talk later about why he came running in at that moment
0: no no
1: it I was just know. like
0: something he was good somehow he never brought it up again i didn't bring it up again i felt such a deep shame about it even though yeah. it wasn't me it felt like it was me and
1: and know. he just happened to be running back and- oh, no, he followed. had a bad
0: feeling. Like he he said like something along the lines of like, he came up the stairs and he was like, mom. And like, as he said it, his voice kind of cracked, like he started yeah. to cry. And he said like, I I have a bad feeling, like I don't want you here or something like that. He said, please come to the pool. And I was like, I am, and we were both just like crying and I was like I will I will right now you know and then um, you guys
1: yeah never talked about it again that was we just walked to the
0: pole and just tried to like put it behind us so a couple months later you know I'm still like little weird things are happening that I'm just keeping to myself for the most part and I'm just trying to make the best of things and um then our neighbor across the street said came over one day when I was like taking packages out of my car and he's like, um, how do you feel um, living in a house that somebody, you know, he goes, you feel okay living in a house that somebody died in? And I go, what? So he said, um, the oldest kid who lived here, he was hooked on um, opioids and then heroin. And he said, and he, one of his buddies came over and they shot up and the friend died, overdosed here and died. Oh, no. And so it also explains
1: uh, the house arrest.
0: Yeah. So then it made sense, right? Meanwhile, what starts happening? And I can't remember if maybe one time it happened before this guy said this, somebody came to the door and they asked, they said, like, is Jesse here or something? And I said, no, there's nobody named Jesse that lives here. And then after that, several very messed up looking young adults ding dong at my house with like their hoods pulled up and their eyes sunken in I'm like listen you're not going to get drugs here Jesse doesn't live here anymore tell all your friends oh my to god. not come to my house or I'm going to kill you I have kids oh my god yeah wow wow wow, so wow. that was a whole nother wrinkle and um so then uh you know, this stuff keeps happening, the doors slamming. And I said to my husband, like, I'm not like I, we, we don't want to live here anymore. We at this point, we had been there, like, 11 months, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the kids are miserable. I'm miserable. You're never home. We don't want to be here anymore. And, um, so I call a realtor. I'm like, come and take pictures and put the house on the market. And We put the house on the market and I take my kids and um, go to the Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. And my husband's still in the house. And this is the first time he's been there by himself. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we didn't know all of the like signs of like, I don't know, bad energy or dark, whatever, haunting stuff. Right. But he's home alone and in our bedroom, um, he's laying in bed and this horrible, rotting flesh smell (gasps) comes into the room and he is like, oh my God, something, there's a dead animal in here. Yeah. It's like something got into the room and died. And he's looking like under the dresser, under the bed, like everywhere. Can't find it. He's looking around the house. He He can't find it. He can't find it. He can't find it. And he, he finally goes and sleeps in one of the kids' rooms because he can't stand the smell. It smells like rotting meat. And oh, um,
1: oh.
0: And coming and going, like while he was home alone, it would be gone, then it would be back again, then it would be gone, then it would be back again. So, um, and he didn't mention it to me until much later when we had moved back to New Jersey. And, um, and it kind of came up matter of factly. And he was like, oh my God, because he didn't know what it meant, right? So put the house in the market and in order to sell it, um, there's like a, a roof leaking like over the porch and I have to have somebody come and fix it. So I ask a neighbor and they're like, oh yeah, there's this company that does a lot of the repairs in this neighborhood. So this guy comes and he's fixing the roof and he goes, um, uh, it was really crazy what happened in this house, right? And I said, yeah, it was really sad. I go, I know the opioid crisis has really hit this area hard. And he goes, Opioid crisis? And I go, Yeah. Um, a, a teenager overdosed in our house, I heard, like a neighbor told me. I'm like, mm-hmm. We didn't know it until we owned the house already. He goes, I don't know anything about that. He goes, I'm talking about the woman that killed herself. And I oh. said, what? And he goes, Yeah. She put a gun in her mouth and shot herself in your closet.
1: Oh, where you heard the voice telling you to do exactly that? Yep. Oh my God.
0: Said, I'm gonna cry. I don't know about that. And he goes, I know about it. I had to come in and replace the rugs and clean the walls and repaint everything. And I was like, oh my God, I can't get out of this house soon enough. And then I was very, um, conflicted about, oh, and I left out the part about, so I have this pendulum, right? I have this pendulum that I had gotten and I always kept it with me. I, I, you know, if I was going somewhere, um, overnight or whatever, I would put it in my purse, right? I have like a little satchel that I keep it in. Like I'm very careful with it. Mm -hmm. We moved to Ohio, I get to Ohio, I can't find it. I tear apart all my, the books, the, I mean, the, um, the boxes, the luggage, like every, every pocket, I look in everything, every bag, cannot find it anywhere. I fly home to New Jersey for my birthday to see my friends and my one friend says, can you um, go look at this yoga studio I'm thinking of um, like taking over and starting a business with. I want to see if you use your pendulum to see if it's like a a good space, like good energy and whatever. I said, I would love to, but I, I, I can't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. She gives me for my birthday, a new pendulum. And this pendulum is made of this certain crystal that is, um, I found out later is protective against dark energy. Mm -hmm. And so I use it. I, for her, you know, we go to the space. It's a great space. She ends up, you know, starting a business there. It was great. I get back to Ohio and I go to put this pendulum down on my wood nightstand. I'm Mm -hmm. not, I don't put it down hard. It's just wood. It's not metal or whatever. And I put it, I go to put it down gently and it like touches the wood and shatters. (gasps) It just goes pop and like explodes. Oh
1: my God.
0: I did research and I found out that like, that's what happens with this crystal if there's like really bad dark energy.
1: Oh my so, God.
0: Yeah. so I could not find my pendulum the entire time I lived in this house, and I ended up leaving the neighborhood and just going and parking somewhere, and I just used my necklace, and I asked, as like as a pendulum? A, as a pendulum. Yeah Okay. And I said, um, Do I have my pendulum? Like, is it gone? And it said, no. I said, do I have it? It said, yes. I said, can you tell me where it is? Said, no. I said, is there a reason that you can't tell me where it is? It said, yes. I said, is it because it's not safe to use it in my house? It said, yes.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And the day we moved into our new house in New Jersey, I found my pendulum.
1: Oh my God! Where was it?
0: In a in a pocket of a in a, a zip pocket of a purse.
1: Yeah, I no, I looked in. Right, 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 right. Where I would keep it.
0: Oh my
1: God! Okay, this is crazy. And can I not crazy like you're crazy, but your stories are wild. And I I have a question. Like, so this horrible thing has happened in your house. Do you think? that the voice talking to you do you think that this evil entity was the woman who died by suicide or was it something else and that she was a victim of
0: I think she was a victim of it and and what I ended up doing was um I sat in my bathroom and I said to her we sold right like this this family finally like Put an offer in on the house. We were like, yes, and I felt really bad, right? Because it was a family, and like I had to get out of here, and I had to get my family out of here, but I also didn't want another family to suffer, right, right? Right. So I went. I found um, Sage a ton of it. I went to a store in like downtown Cincinnati, found Sage, and I said, I said to the woman, I just started talking to her, and I said, I am so sorry about what happened to you um, I can't imagine what you felt like to do that. And I said, and I heard that voice in my closet. And I imagine that you heard it too. And maybe, maybe you were gun owners and it was something that was easily done in, in Mm -hmm. a moment of bad judgment or whatever influence. And I just felt such deep compassion for her. Like I was in tears and I said, I am so, so sorry, but like this, this is not your place. Like you have to cross over. This is not your home and you need to go into the light. You, you deserve to go into the light. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter that you took your own life. You were desperate. You were sad. You were, I don't know what, but you, you shouldn't be trapped here. You should be in the light. Mm-hmm. And. I said and while I was talking to her the lights were flickering. <gasps> and I just kept talking and um, and I said, you know, I I am so sorry for everything that you went through but you have to leave here now. And I said I'm going to use sage on this whole house and I don't want to force you out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to push you out of this house with sage. I want you to leave of your own accord and, and go toward the light. And I said, but whatever else is in here beyond you, cause there's something bad. I said that I am going to force out with sage and prayers. And in the meantime, like you need to go, you need yeah. to go and find your, your ancestors, whoever yeah. you need to be with, but you, you shouldn't be here. And I really felt like she left. I really did. The lights stopped. They stayed on. They stopped flickering after I talked to her. Uh And I asked her again, like, are you here? The lights didn't didn't flicker anymore. And then I just went over the whole every inch of the house. I went up on ladders. I covered every inch of the house with sage and I opened the window a little bit to make sure that like I don't know how it works exactly.
1: You're supposed to like invite them to leave. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: I was like, you have to get out. And I, yeah. and I cracked the window to make sure that like, there was I don't somewhere know, to go. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can go through glass or whatever, but I just made sure like there was an open window and I was like, there's a family moving in. You don't belong here. You need to leave them alone and get out of this house. And I really feel like that because it wasn't like it was this super old house. It was like mm-hmm. 11 years old. I and the guy two doors down, same thing.
1: Same thing. That scares me. That's crazy. And it's I both my like it
0: guns. Built on an old slave cemetery or an old, you know what I mean? Something.
1: There's something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like two suicides, two doors down and it's an exactly overdose. Fashion. And like, hey, I'm from the Midwest, so I totally I and I'm from a place where there's like Really big houses that aren't that expensive, and then a lot of like drug problems and blah blah blah. So it doesn't feel impossible to me. I mean, this is like exactly what I know from growing up. But um, but it is like it is just like a lot in a little space, you know. A lot. <sighs> um,
0: holy cow! Wow.
1: And so I haven't found
0: out what that rotting flesh smell is like means which is a dark entity, which, so like, from what I have now researched since Mm then, when something really horrible happens, a murder, um, I mean, not always I I don't know about a suicide necessarily. I, I think there could be like residual sort of sadness and darkness, but I don't think it's like evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. But whatever, when, when something really bad has happened in a place or on, on a certain land or whatever, dark energy can, like, become a thing, right? Like, it, it like, collects mm-hmm. and becomes an entity. Okay. And yeah. it, it's not a ghost. It's not the spirit of somebody who died.
1: Mm-hmm. It's its
0: own thing. And it's really bad really bad
1: like kind Um, of how if you don't clean your house you you don't think about all of the like skin and dog hair and everything that's around but then if you don't clean for a couple weeks it just kind of (laughs) comes together in little piles on the floor like that but evil evil dust bunny
0: (laughs) Uh, and that's what apparently when there's a dark entity not a ghost but a dark entity it smells like rotting flesh.
1: So did that, so yeah, my next question was, what does your family think? Like, does your husband believe you? Do your kids believe you? Like, what do they, what did they think of all this? Yeah. Yeah, After,
0: um, after after he found out that that's what that means, that's when he told me, he was like, oh my God, when you guys were away, this is what happened to me. And I kept searching for a dead animal and I never found a dead animal and um then he he did believe me
1: wow wow and and as far as your kids like they
0: i mean my kids i tried to i never um also like toys would turn on oh, like you had that my job. little son had like thomas tank engine toys and some of them had batteries that you would like press the button and it would like go and they would just go by themselves and i've had that like like my my friend that um i was telling you about whose mom passed and whose dad had passed when she was very young years ago she had asked me to talk to her dad and i did and i when i was talking to him like she had a bunch of questions for him and so i mm-hmm. i just used the pendulum to answer her questions and then i hung up the phone with her and it was right after Christmas, and then I'm um, again. My husband's traveling. I'm I'm in the family room by myself. It's like I don't know, end of December, and my son had gotten these remote control, like my first remote control car,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, goes on. It's got little lights, little police lights. Police lights go on, and it's going around. The, but I didn't have a bad feeling. I, I it's not fun when you're home alone. Right. It's like what the hell but i didn't it wasn't like this house in Ohio. like i was like hmm so i i picked it up and i looked at it it switched to off uh-huh. it has to be switched on for you to use the remote switch right. off Sit down go sit down right starts going again and i called my friend i go was your dad like a joker and she goes, yes, he was the biggest practical joker. He was always like playing tricks on people and whatever. And I go, okay, yeah. I'm like, that makes sense. I'm like, cause he, he wants me to know he's still here and he is playing jokes on me. And so I hung up the phone with her and I just talked to him and I was like, look, I appreciate that you're like a joker. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm a mom with three kids sleeping upstairs and you're kind of freaking me out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and he stopped, he stopped. Oh,
1: that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh! You're so you have such a special gift. <laughs> this is wild. So like, how long has it been since you moved out of that house in Ohio? And how do you use your gifts now?
0: It's been like six years. Uh, um, and yeah, like i i don't I don't do it very often. Um, I'll do it for friends, you know, a handful of friends who know, who know it, like not all my friends do, but a handful of friends who know it, or like, you know, if I've had someone close to me who loses somebody, um, and I feel like they're open to it or that it would be healing for them. Mm -hmm. I'll say like, Hey, you know, um, I, I can do this if you ever want it. And I don't know that right now is the time, you know, if it's just like a couple of weeks or even a couple of months after, but, but if you decide that there's something left unsaid, or there's a question in your mind, or like, it can give you peace of mind. Like my dad, my dad had a a DNR order. He was in a nursing home and he had a DNR order and Mm -hmm. they, when he did die, they ignored it and they like he was really, um, ready to go, you know, his, his life didn't, he really didn't have much of a quality of life. And so he went into cardiac arrest and instead of just letting him go peacefully, they, and he was, I had him in a place right near my house. They, um, when I finally got to the hospital and I saw him, he had a whole apparatus down his throat and a, and a, you know, like a the thing they do to like a mask
1: um, of oxygen and yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So to resuscitate him right it was on him and like he like they had obviously like paddled him and it was really upsetting to me and i like when i came in and i saw it and i started to cry and i said please take that off of him like please take that out right and they said no we can't until like the coroner comes and like I just wanted to sit with my dad and he had his whole apparatus down his yeah. throat and his, and so they left and I just took it out myself. And yeah. I just like put put like put his clothes, like buttoned up his shirt and like took care of him, you know, and like and I was like, fuck them, he's my dad. I not gotta tell
1: And he that. has a DNR order. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and by the way, assholes, he, you know, like you had no right to do this to him. Mm -hmm. And and it made me so sad to think that he was like shocked and like chest compressions and thinking of him in all that pain, right? Mm -hmm. It was so upsetting. And so I went home that night and I got my pendulum and I talked to him and I said, like, I'm so sorry that they didn't respect you. I am so sorry that they put you through that. And he was able to tell me like I was already gone. I didn't feel any of it.
1: Oh, wow. That's
0: that's wonderful to me. You know what I mean? And so I just felt like if there's ever like a situation like that, where I can talk to someone's loved one and give them some peace of mind, you know, like I want to do that.
1: That's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you feel like because you have this, ability has it rubbed off on anyone in your family like your kids your husband like do you feel like have they ever tried to work with a pendulum
0: my well I don't advise kids to do it because they're just so naturally open that Mm -hmm. um like my daughter uh, you know always wanted to use my pendulum and I was like absolutely not this is not a toy Mm -hmm. and children are way too vulnerable Mm -hmm. so when you're older if you are interested we can talk about it and so she's 18 now and we were in New Orleans and there we went to like there's a lot of metaphysical stores and stuff there. And so there were pendulums and she saw a bunch really light. And I was like, OK, I'm like, but this isn't something you this isn't some kind of slumber party toy that you're going to pull out with your friends. I'm like, we're going to sit down and you're going to learn how to use this responsibly. And I told her about how you always have to you know, ask for God to bless it and ask to only work in the light and to only speak to the people that you want to speak to. And she tried it a couple of times, but it didn't really- Do anything? Move, and she kind of lost interest, so. Yeah. Oh,
1: fascinating. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been an incredible story time. Uh, <laughs> I got chills like 20 times. Um, is there anything else that I glossed over or missed? Or anything else you want to talk about? I mean- real... Oh, I have one quick question. Very quick, very quick and easy. Since you have the ability, what do you think happens when you die?
0: Um, You, uh, there's definitely life after death, without a doubt. Um, You do go into the light and you become part of this, this. Collective
1: subconscious sort of thing.
0: Collective love. This collective love. This like, And I didn't get there because it wasn't my time. Um, But I didn't, I mean, I was aware of where I was. I was aware that I wasn't in pain anymore. I was aware that I wasn't struggling to breathe anymore. Like I was still there. I wasn't floating above my body, watching them resuscitate me. I wasn't, um, I couldn't see anything or hear anything, but I was at peace and I was just sort of in a holding space until mm-hmm. my body could receive me again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's definitely life after death.
1: Wow. It's amazing that you, yeah, that you like remember that and that, yeah, that that's very, that's clearly, really wonderful. Remember
0: yeah.
1: Oh, I love it. Wow. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been amazing fun. and enlightening. And fun. I feel, I feel like alive and great. I was going to take a nap after this.
0: No way, no <laughs> way, baby. I'm glad <laughs> you feel energized.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel up now. Um, Eileen, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and plug whatever you would like to plug.
0: Um. I'm under Eileen Kelly comedian on Instagram. I am under Eileen Kelly on Facebook. I think it might be Eileen Kelly (parentheses) comedian on Facebook because there's a million of us.
1: Mm. As an uh, Emily I Winter, know. I understand your problem. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. It was so fun talking to you. And thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. If you like this podcast, uh, subscribe review, tell everybody if you don't mind. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Emily MC Winter. Again, that's Emily MC Winter. Um, My website's emilywintercomedy.com. And um, I hope we get in contact and talk about ghosts because I love to build my ghost community. Uh, Thank you and see you next week.
0: The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories